0: Welcome to the Georgia Songbird Podcast, brought to you by Anchor FM, Yes Ma'am Music, and we are here with Mr. Russ LaCasse. Yes. Introduce yourself, Russ.
1: I'm Russ LaCasse, and I live in Nashville, Tennessee. Nashville. Yep.
0: Now, I met you actually through a songwriter thing. Uh... You do uh, at Bel-
1: Belcourt, right? Belcourt Taps, yes. Yep.
0: So tell about, you do a lot for, for Nashville. So, I mean, a lot of people here that listen, is more Georgia, so they know you from the songwriter showcase that I did. But tell everybody what all you do, because you do a lot, besides writing, you do a lot for the community as well, too.
1: Well, I have the show at Belcourt Taps. That is every Friday evening, 5 to 7 p.m. We try to bring a lot of the new people that have, coming to Nashville to get them some exposure. Mm-hmm. And we are recorded and then broadcast on WFMC Jams Radio. Okay. Out of Manchester, Tennessee. And um that is broadcast on Thursday evening. So what's done on f- Friday? is broadcast the following Thursday. Thursday. And it goes to 54 countries worldwide, so we're quite proud of that. I also am the membership director for Tennessee Songwriters Association, Yep, which is an international organization to help songwriters grow, meet co-writers, and we have pitch opportunities for the songwriters. And right now, we have been doing them Remotely stay-at-home kind of thing, Mm -hmm. which uh, the president of the organization, Paul Casto, has been operating it, and it's worked quite well. We had uh, two different pitches so far done that way, and uh, it looked like the people we were pitching to were having an amazing time. The members can tune in because it's on our Facebook page. Right. So, uh it's just fun it gives everybody an opportunity to get their music out there
0: yeah now uh for a lot of people that listen to podcasts, you probably know uh the tennessee songwriters association international is the i have a georgia chapter that i started out here i told paul he let me bring it here so we have some georgia members too and we do showcases as well and i try to tell everybody that it's probably, if somebody from Nashville could explain it probably better than I could. That's why I said, it. basically, it's it's a workshop group. Which we're starting to do meetings now um, because we can do small venue. We don't have as many members as Nashville does. So we have like six or seven that are always there. Uh, it steadily grows, so we're getting like one or two here and there from each showcase. But they get to do pitch to pro, which is a big thing because it's, it's professionals from Nashville listening there. And it's also from other states, too. They Since now, you've been doing... Yes, Uh, digitally. So it's people listening for not just country music, right? It's it's all kinds of different music too.
1: Right. It's It's a songwriter organization, right, which covers all genres.
0: Yeah, they had one last night. It was for a twelve-year-old girl, right, from doing AGT. She's going, yeah. I didn't have anything for twelve-year-old girls. Like, I don't have anything. I'm not (laughs) going. Yeah,
1: I sent two. uh, One of the ones that has been nominated two years in a row Uh, as Song of the Year for the country category because we have multiple categories right. uh, it's called i close my eyes but it was a little too mature for her yeah because it says something about having a job and cooking dinner and right. a 12 year old's not going to do that the second song that i submitted was uh, pawn shop ring which is the ring singing right and even an engagement ring singing was a little too mature for for her age, what I should have done in retrospect is pitched Thumbs Up, mm-hmm. which is on the Dance to the Dinosaurs album, right. which is uh, an album for the people out there that I don't know. We were given the opportunity to write for a group called Cash Creek, and if you do your diligence and research, you'll find that a couple members of Cash Creek are also members of the backing band for Alabama the touring band and they did an album a children's album and it was just tennessee songwriters association members that wrote songs uh there were a number number of songs there and they took 16 songs out of all the ones that were submitted okay i was lucky enough to have co-written two of those so quite proud of that
0: yep now do you find you have more success as a co-writer writing or writing on individual just by yourself or do you even write by yourself anymore
1: i write by myself most of the time okay i find i have a lot of good ideas and then as you get in the room the ideas get distorted a little (laughs) and i still have that feeling of that's mine, I can't let it go, <laughs> which is really the wrong attitude to go into a co-write. Right. So I kind of bring things to co-writes when I do co-write. They're usually three quarters of the way done and I just don't know how to express a part of it or it needs a bridge or it needs better melody. Yeah. And I'm amazed at, the reception that I get by co-writers because they're like, "Wow, yes," and they jump right in. They help and they do it. Mm-hmm. So I have probably six or seven really great songs that I've brought people in to okay. to help finish. So
0: that, and I, I tell a lot of people too that that when we write, it, like you said, it's hard to to let go but when you're co-writing with somebody and it, it's like dating it may not work you know but a lot of times when people are trying to cut stuff and you know this is, is they're going to put their own spin onto it too yes. I mean, I, don't, I don't like the idea of five or six so, songwriters on an album mm-hmm. I know it happens but I mean you you got to kind of let go a little bit just to yeah. to get it cuz there's a lot of people that are better at like me I'm I'm good with lyrics I'm not as great with, with the melody or something so I will let somebody else do that right you know, so occasionally I'll come across a good melody and I have any words for it, so right. it flips.
1: And I find that my abilities are limited by my vocals, mm-hmm. vocal range, and my playing ability. So when I have something that needs to be outside of those boundaries, I usually present the song to someone that can complement what I'm. A little negative on so but I'm when I'm my shortfall
0: well that's a that's a good advice to do now when you do your demos do you have somebody else sing them sometimes sometimes
1: especially the female ones of course right <laughs> <laughs> Um, and a few of the male songs I, I've had demoed out okay but a lot of them I'll just do guitar vocal demos um, Right now, I'm into this, got to get some demos recorded kind of phase. Right. And I've been doing the vocals myself. So, I'm yeah. learning.
0: Yeah. And because uh, I know they have with the, the TSAI for members. Mm-hmm. Um, if you guys aren't members and you part of Georgia, you're in Georgia, you want to know, come, come see me. I'll be more than happy to talk to you about it. Uh, I have a showcase for TSAI here in, next Saturday because uh, we do ones in Canton. Uh, the music on the vine you guys are welcome to come down if you guys ever want to participate in it mm-hmm. uh they get 40 minute sets of originals and then it's i usually bring in a member and then i bring in an act that is a little bit more established in the community that plays out so it's a good way to see a lot of talent but it's also a way to see uh things that you can improve on as yes. a, as a writer so what i was going is with with writers themselves is if you want to be part of this, definitely come because Rush, you do the Nashville side. Yes, um, and Paul does a lot of it too. But I don't know if Paul even has like social media stuff. You, I know you do.
1: Paul is Paul does mostly the Twitter. Okay. Where I don't do quite the Twitter thing, but I do Instagram and the Facebook. We do have someone who handles the social media on Facebook for the organization so that's taken care of I don't think we have a strong Instagram presence Mm -hmm. which we that's something that I think we should do yeah Uh, we have board meeting coming up pretty soon and a lot of this will be discussed because a lot of things was cancelled this year you know given all the events that we've had so we have to realign the organization to where we're going to go because we do have an award show. So as if you're a member and people that are listening would like to join, go right on the website, Mm -hmm. TSAI join as a member, find me on social media. It's just Russ look one word, either Facebook or Instagram. Let me know that you're joining so I can alert other members. Right. And, because I don't see it because you, you pay by credit card or whatever on the website and I don't get all of that information, even though I talk to a lot of people and they do join, they go, Hey, I joined your organization, mm-hmm. but let me know if you join that way that I can give you some introductions. And, uh, we, we do a lot. We, we had a showcase we were doing once a month before this right. happened. And I was bringing about 20 people each month in for this three-hour cram session, two songs each, mm-hmm. up on stage. And a lot of international people came. We had oh, yeah. people from New Zealand, Australia, the Netherlands, Sweden, oh, man, uh, Brazil, all kinds of places from around the world. And the, and, and it opened it up for them. And I remained with all of those but another thing that was postponed was our award show Mm -hmm. so as a member you get to pitch everything is counted so how many songs or which songs have been picked up the most and held by producers artists or publishers yeah and this is tallied at the end of the year we create this little web page with all the songs in each category mm-hmm. without the songwriter's name attached to it so it doesn't become the popularity right. contest it becomes it's the song talent contest yep. so you need to listen to each song and then you vote on those songs i believe we have eight st- songs per category mm-hmm. and you listen to all eight and then you, then you, as a member, a paid-up member, right, gets to vote on these, and that's how the awards are presented. So the award show was supposed to be in April, and now we're looking for maybe September, maybe yeah. October. Who knows? So we're 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 giving it a try. We're gonna we're gonna try this,
0: right? And like I say if you're listening to this and you're Georgian, you want to join? Talk to me because uh, Georgia's got its own separate thing that yes. we do. I don't know if he has for... I know there's a Las Vegas chapter, and he said Cincinnati. Yes. Correct. Okay.
1: Those are the other chapters. Yep. Las Vegas is very active. They send a lot of their stuff. Now, to let everybody understand where we're going right now is you don't have to cut burn CDs and send them all anymore. We're doing this MP3 situation where you send your MP3s with a copy of your lyrics yep. and we're putting it into a database program. I c- cannot remember which one it is right now, but it's one of the like iTunes. I think it is, but I'm not sure. But your MP3 goes in there, plus your lyrics goes right. in there. And this database sits here and it keeps up to 15 songs per member. Okay. In this database. When we have a pitched pro, you email our representative and you say, I'm an out-of-towner and I would like to pitch this song for that pitch. And it makes it so much easier because they're just, and they just listen to the, the person listening gets to listen to the amount of the song they need to hear right. to make a decision whether or not it fits their project. Most times they will not critique it, compliment it, degrade it, they they just won't do that. Right. It'll, it's, it's just not for my project. Sometimes if you have a real good song, uh, the person listening will say, man, that song is so well written, but I don't have an artist for it. That will actually make this come alive the right. way I'm hearing it. So a lot of the producers will do that, and publishers also. They'll 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 let you know that wow, that's a great song. Don't give up on it, but mm-hmm. it's not something for this project.
0: And I think that's a good advice for songwriters. Is because just because it's not taken doesn't mean it's not good. Right. Because you is what they're looking for. Like I said, I could send songs, but I have nothing for a 12 year old girl. No. It's not going to be picked because most of my songs are drinking and going out. It's like, it's not something that they would sing about, Correct. which gives a good, another, another vice is when you're writing songs. Now I don't write for like an, or I don't like to pick an artist and write for them. I just write whatever I feel. And then if it mm-hmm. can come, if I see it fits to somebody, I'll send it. But for people that are listening, that are our members in Georgia um, right now, they're holding like, I think 20 songs. As they write new, better songs, can they send them songs in as well to be added to the database, or is
1: it kind of... Absolutely. I believe the reason we did the, the 20 songs right now was to get the best. Right. What we as writers thought was our best, the ones that are selected the most. And it didn't overload the person that is doing all the digital work to Mm -hmm. to upload all of these songs and always these lyric sheets. And along with the MP3 and the PDF of the lyric Mm -hmm. sheet, we also require that we have a hard copy of the lyric sheet. Because when we go back to in-the-studio meetings we have the lyric sheet that the person uh, listening can look at if they want. And what we're finding, a lot of producers, publishers, and artists, they're not reading lyric sheets. Yeah. They sit there, they close their eyes, and they feel the song.
0: Which brings a good melody. Yes,
1: and they feel it. They're they're listening where uh, the instrumental hooks could be, where the lyrical hooks could be Mm -hmm. uh, occasionally that time signature change, which is frowned upon, but, (laughs) but it does happen. And sometimes it brings life to a song and a lot of times a key change. Right. And they're looking for that setup line and then the slap. Yeah. So that quick opposite or saying the same thing, but in two different ways that, could mean the opposite or could mean the same it depends how you want what your mood is how you accept it so right there there's a lot of stuff going on
0: how long have you been writing Russ
1: I used to write a lot of poetry when I was younger okay then life happened I got married and had children and had a house and then divorce came and then started a business and Got remarried and had stepchildren and <laughs> all kinds of things. Then uh, that's no longer either. I closed the business and traveled the country for three years. And
2: mm-hmm.
1: I'm a gemologist, so I like to do recreational mining. Oh, I like wow. the geology part of it. Okay. So I love gemstones. So I, for three years, I did nothing but go mining. And then I got divorced after that. And then I looked at my guitar and went, yeah, I really don't know how to play that thing. And that wasn't really that long ago. That was six years ago, I guess. Okay. And I was taking some classes at college. And on the way home one day, I was driving. And this... Everything that was happening in my life at the time just hit me because there was no closure in the, in the last relationship. And I was driving home and I just started writing this and I, I didn't know why. Got home and said, I, I have this guitar I don't even know how to play it. I, I knew some of the chord shapes, so I taught myself how to play And I started writing a little bit. Then about a year into this, I had a stroke, which took the mobility of my left hand, my fret hand, and uh, disabled my ring finger and my pinky finger. So I had no strength. I couldn't play a lot of the chords. But I kept trying. And I kept writing in the meantime. So I wrote probably 20 songs by myself. And I thought those are the greatest things since sliced bread (laughs) and they all belong on the radio. So I joined a songwriter organization and in that time I was living in Arizona. So I moved back to Rhode Island, just South of Boston, right on the Rhode Island, Massachusetts line where I grew up to uh, be with my son and his family. And, uh, I joined an organization. I sent a few songs to Songwriter Magazine and and those things, and I was getting great critiques. However, there was the you-need-to-fix-this-and-this-and-this kind of thing. And from that, I learned more about structure. And the music theory was coming to me because my dad was really great music he he could play ten different instruments and he always wanted me to learn music but he didn't play the guitar and that's what I wanted to play so it, it didn't go but I I listened to a lot of what he did so with this critiquing I started to write a little more and then I started to join a few more organizations to learn and, and, and develop I did. Then about f- four years ago, I believe, I moved, to Na- I moved to Nashville three years ago. But four years ago, I went to a seminar okay. in Nashville, and we were pitching to a publisher. And I had never done that before. And it was my very first try. And his name was Casey Zumbrook. I still remember the publisher's name. He was with Combustion Publishing, which is still around. And I did a song called Key to My Truck. And it was written very strange to a track. And he just said, I gotta take that. I just, (laughs) and it was the first song taken that day. And he only picked four out of 30 songs that he heard. He took that, nothing ever developed from it, but it was just one more stepping stone. Right. So a lot of people say, well, it wasn't a hold, it wasn't this, it wasn't that, but I'm gonna tell you songwriters one thing. Save those baby steps, and don't let anybody take them away from you, mm-hmm. because you need them, and they are accomplishments. Oh, yeah. You know, just playing out, and if you've never done that before, Even if you failed at the song and you had to stop and redo it or whatever, that's an accomplishment. That's a step in your songwriting career. Mm -hmm. So cherish those little moments because I cherish that one. And then so far, I've been doing this really for three years. When I moved to Nashville, I was the shyest, most introverted, introverted person you want to meet. I would never do something like this, sit and talk about this and Mm -hmm. and go on. And I met a lot of great people there. And the the songwriting community is very supportive. Yes. People say, well, it must be really competitive. It is in a sense. And there are are two factions of songwriting. There is the competitive side, and then there is the camaraderie side. Mm -hmm. And if you fall to the camaraderie side, you will go a heck of a lot further, a lot faster Mm -hmm. than you do from the competitive side. Right. And what I mean by that is if you're competitive and think everybody's stuff stinks and yours is the best... And you're doing a show and you don't invite the, the people that helped you along the way as a show host or someone that sat around with you or invited you around. If you cut them off, eventually they're all going to cut you off. Mm-hmm. So you're going to be out there dangling all by yourself again saying, what went wrong? But if you go with the friendship camaraderie side and you reciprocate, you're going to go a heck of a lot further. Yes. And because people like myself, I, like I say, I, I moved to Nashville three years ago. I was lucky enough to get my own show at Belcourt Taps a little over two years ago. Then, about just after that, I got WFMC involved because I had met them said hey I do writers rounds I do this they came and watched the show and they said wow your show is, is structured we would like to broadcast us on the radio how do we do this so they came and taught my sound engineer exactly what to do mm-hmm. and so we've been on the radio very successfully so all of this it comes around right um, since I've been in Nashville I've had six cuts two by cash creek two by a woman i won't mention because the songs weren't released okay uh her management is trying to pitch her to labels gotcha and then maybe they'll get released from there a very fine artist laura rebel just released her album and three years ago when i first moved to town i co-wrote with her the first time we sat was no good She understood that, that I was shy, introverted kind of person. She called me up, said, hey, let's do this again. We did. We got in the room. We wrote a song called The Mirror. And right now, it's in production to be a music Mm -hmm. video, which, again, a baby step for me. And I'm proud of it. So I'm proud of the Cash Creek cuts, the cuts that didn't get released, which I use for demos right now. I had to get her permission to do that. Uh, both of those were written by me Um, and Laura Rebell's song and then I also had a song called Tender which we recorded live at Belcourt Taps at my show and I did it twice in the same night I did it in my regular show and then I stayed later and some people didn't show up so I was invited back on stage and we got back up there and uh, a radio station in Germany wanted a copy of it. I didn't have a studio copy, so my sound engineer took all the stems home, mixed, mastered it. We sent it to her. It got played in Germany, then got played in the Netherlands. Then a station here in Ringgold, W A A K.
0: That's not uh, Paul. Uh, Phil's right. Phil Phil's station. Yep.
1: yep. Phil kranz Um, he played it and he sent me this little note. Hey Russ, just want to let you know I played your song this mm-hmm. week. So uh, again. A baby, baby step. step. But then he said, Could you do me a favor? Could you listen to my top 20 this week and tell me what you think? So I'm into this reciprocation thing. Right. And I preach it and I live by it. So I listened. And there was a lot of good stuff there. And there was a lot of stuff that didn't connect with me. Mm-hmm. Like, You know, there's different genres in there. So I listened to the show, and then all of a sudden he stopped the show, and he says, okay, now at number three, can I get a drum roll or something like this? And he was making this big deal of it. He said, I played this song one time last week, and it's debuting at number three. And I'm still thinking, all right, well, I got to hear this. It's got to be a good song. Mm -hmm. It ended up being mine tender and baby step yep small independent local regional radio station but it played my song and it debuted at number three yep eventually it went to number one and then trickled down the charts. so i was just absolutely thrilled that that song played just like i was thrilled that it played in germany and and it played in the netherlands right so and that leads me up to where i am today um i have some good stuff coming out i work with some fine publishing people that they throw me bones they'll say this person's looking could you write me a song right and i did i wrote one that was pretty good um For a person that the song, the publisher didn't think it would fit. But it may fit other people. Which I might play that one tonight. So the, then what happened? Then eventually, I was, there was this new TV network starting. Mm -hmm. National Country Television Network. Yep. The operators of that station are J. Raleigh Jones. Which is well known In Nashville for producing country-type videos, TV shows Mm -hmm. for the local cable TV show. And then also Stan Jones, which is the executive vice president of Dipping Dots Ice Cream. He's one of the operators of this network. So I met with both of them. Um... At first, I didn't like everything that I wanted to do for my show because they thought, well, if you just have singer-songwriters up there with the instrument and vocals, it may get tiresome to the listening audience. Mm -hmm. So You need more band. You need more instruments. And could you go back and redefine your show? And I did. I approached them the second time. And they thought the ideas were absolutely amazing. So last week was filming some promos for the show, which turned out pretty good, I believe. Yep. So, so that's where I am today. And again, baby steps. Just right. one after another after it, another. It shows you
0: the road that it takes. Everybody's road is different. But the one thing that stays the same is you got to network with people. And you can't be a jackass about it, Mm -hmm. you know, because if you are, like you said, you'll get so far and then you'll wonder, well, where's everybody at? Mm -hmm. It's the same thing, like I said, with the TSAI. Are you part, are you other members of uh, songwriting groups now in Nashville too, besides TSAI? Do you Uh, recommend doing that for the the listeners?
1: If they're of a value to you, so Mm -hmm. research them, find out which organizations fit you. There are organizations out there that lean more toward the political side of songwriting. So they go to Washington and they lobby for you. They have other events, a lot of pay-type events, seminars. You pay to go to contests. You pay to join. So if it fits you, do it. There's another organization that leans more toward uh, finding you co-writers and the reason you should co-write. They teach you how to write to tracks, how to target right to a specific audience, specific genres, specific artists. Okay. They also tell you who's looking. And that organization is pretty cool can you give their names or anything i don't have the permission to do that so i would rather not that's fine but but if somebody private messages me i i'll I'll communicate some of that to them or just follow my posts because you'll see (laughs) you will see them uh there are a lot of local groups if you look on facebook all Mm -hmm. the facebook groups like like the georgia songwriters uh songbirds there are a lot of groups out there that also help and i always say shoot one level above where you are also so join your local groups right and then try for that one more that one notch above try to get in with a publishing organization or hit songwriters former hit songwriters former artists Mm -hmm. there are a lot of them out there that that teach songwriting so
0: go for that go for that you want to play us a song sure i could pick your brain for a long time here Uh, i know
1: i can talk all day
0: too (laughs) so let's get some music in here too while we're yeah Do you know a song you want to play for us first? Sure.
1: Like I said, I uh, have a publisher that throws me the bones that he throws the the professional writers. And I wrote a song. And as I tune.
0: Do you got a uh, input on there, the volume or something on your guitar? Hmm? Did you have an input on your guitar? Yeah. Okay. You're just tuning it now.
1: Everybody does a tuning song. <laughs> so the tuning song. I'm not as good as some people with the tuning song. Yeah, I still can't do it by ear. Yeah.
0: I wish I could. Mm. I know my grandfather could. He just sit there and <laughs> do, the little do the little fifth fret, fourth fret.
1: So I was told Blake Sheldon was looking for a song. And I don't really have a Blake Sheldon voice, but I could imagine it doing this song. And when I finished the song and I sent it along to the publisher, he contacted me and we were on a video chat and he says, do you really think Blake Sheldon would do that song? I said, why not? He said, well, your opening line... (laughs) So it was like, okay, my opening line doesn't match. So I guess uh, that's going to be a no. (laughs) No pitch to Blake Sheldon. But uh, I wrote this about my first wife and and dating her. And the majority of it is true. (laughs) It's called Mama Knows. And you'll see in the first line why the publisher didn't think Blake could take it.
2: Half past curfew Friday night Turning to your drive you a yellow porch light And a woman and a man with his hands on his hips same life forever walking you to the door. Did they notice your t shirts inside out as the stairs down? Not a word from their Is a the secret safety? We slide on by one more time without question. And I can tell by the look in his eye that he's got suspicion But your mama knows your mama knows oatmeal cookies on a paper plate and a small glass of lemonade were on the hot seat with nothing to say and we're wondering is our secret safety we slide on by one more time without question and i can tell by the look in his eye your daddy has suspicions But your mama knows, yeah your mama knows, she knew we'd fall in love, can't get anything by her but moms know, Yeah your mama knows, was the secret safe, he was signed right on by one more time without question. And I can tell by the look in his eye, daddy has suspicion. That' suspicion
1: so of course mr sheldon does not have a curfew <laughs> or hasn't had one in a long time Oh,
0: i don't know he may have one now he just hasn't <laughs> yeah told yeah him. yeah
1: that's what i thought i said gwen probably get a hold of him He
0: <laughs> oh, yeah. may yeah. I mean he's never gonna tell you is it? Oh, yeah. so you the up at your first wife
1: yes yes yep bringing her home late after date yes <laughs> she she does know about this song uh, i center it
0: my first wife i wrote songs are not that nice Oh, <laughs> <no>. <laughs> uh, so it's it's more of uh like i said my the way my songs write is more like toward the outlaw country side of town yes. so it's a little bit different mm-hmm. so uh you've seen this the music changed now that you're writing what songs do you think are harder to pitch to to artists that are looking
1: the traditional country traditional is harder because they're they're always looking for the pretty boy or pretty girl mm-hmm. right now used to be when we could be overweight and ugly But uh, now they're looking for that appeal and that stage presence Mm -hmm. kind of thing, uh, competing with the Florida Georgia Line sound, the Bro Country sound. So a lot of it has to have some of those elements, I think, to be successful. Where this is a faster-paced song, I think it will find a home. And I was told by a publisher that this song will find a home, and I had it critiqued by two other publishers. Also, one of them said that has the bones of the making of an anthem for men for a long time. <laughs>
0: <laughs> now, tell everybody if you can, uh, how did you meet these publishers? Or is it just is it part of the groups that you're with, or is it chance meeting? They just happen mm-hmm. to be coming to Nashville.
1: It's all of the above. Okay. Tennessee Songwriters Association, we always have opportunities. When we didn't have all of these situations that arose, and it was open and free out here, we had 35 pitches per year. Mm -hmm. So you had an opportunity to meet, I wouldn't go 35, but I would say 28 different publishers, song pluggers producers or artists that were looking yeah different even though we'd have about 35 of those pitches some of the organizations you'll meet these people and even at writers rounds at the different venues a lot of these publishers will sneak off once in a while and go out and take a listen to see what the young kids are now doing and for a while there it was everybody was popping on their guitar and it'd pick a couple and pop, pick yep. a couple, pop. It's not good for radio or any broadcast because it spikes the sound <laughs> and as a show host would have to remind them not to do that. But a lot of publishers, producers, you'll meet them by networking. Mm-hmm. The events of the uh, other organizations that I mentioned also have publishers people that were artists so there's a lot of networking and and find out who your peers are using if your peer had a great ep recorded find out who helped them and a lot of times it's a well-known producer and from that producer you can meet more people because your producer can say it's really not a great song for you glad that you're cutting it for your own project but i think if we send it to this person over here Mm -hmm. it may get cut by someone else and that's a writer's dream getting it cut by someone else
0: oh yeah because i'm like you i'll play him and sing as i have to i mean i don't have the greatest voice in the world like i said i'm not young and young anymore my yeah. mom like i said my band is yes ma'am it stands for middle-aged men i'm up there in age anyway so I, I tell everybody that that's the thing i tell the songwriters at the workshop when we do it is one of our our exercises that we're going to do is have somebody else sing your song because it does two things one is it gets you to hear it in a whole different light yeah so you can say okay well then as a listener this needs to change this maybe this Disney chance. Two is also if if you're pitching it, and you're learning you're learning to let go a little bit, because you when you're an artist takes it, they're going to want to do their
1: their style. They yep. pretty
0: much want it fixed and done for them, but mm-hmm. they are going to tinker with it. Yep. I mean you you would you would assume they take your song and they go touch up what they want to. Yes. To make it fit them.
1: I had a person that has been Grammy nominated wanted one of my songs. Mm-hmm that person's publisher came to me and said, we need to change the lyrics a little bit here. We're going to change the melody a little bit here. Mm-hmm. And we have to give the artist writer's credits for doing that. I looked at the publisher and went, that's an artist's rendition of my song. He was surprised that I was going to defend myself Mm -hmm. to that point. So the song did not get cut by that person. (laughs) Um, You have to weigh that. Is it worth it? Is it not worth it? For me, it was a pride thing more than anything because I thought that artist is going to go to concerts, perform that song. People are going to fall in love with that song. And people are going to see that artist's name on that song. And they're going to think, wow, why did he have that other guy write it with him when it was really the other way around? Mm-hmm. But again, it's that when you give away your baby. Mm-hmm. And to me, it wasn't the right time for that. It was, it's, it was a real pride thing. And to think of it now, because that was a couple years ago think of it now, should I have given that away, and I believe I would do and say the same thing right now okay i'm I'm really true to myself because this person doesn't have another hit. this person I don't believe even recorded another album or or anything, so the song probably wouldn't wouldn't be anywhere other than in their portfolio yeah so why not just leave it in mine?
0: yeah that's that's kind of the thing when i was uh 19 years old i went out I went to nashville for some songwriting thing this was I tell you i mean it's 20 something years ago so i would cold call all these publishers just to see if i could show them my stuff you know i couldn't play i could i wrote and i didn't have i couldn't play guitar yet so i wrote them as more like the lyric stuff written out and i got one person that called me back and he brought me into his office and he listened to the, the stuff I had. He read some of the lyrics and he said, you got something going. He says, but this is what you need to do. He gave me a songwriting book. He said, this is what you need to practice on. And then my life turned and did the other things. Mm-hmm. And then that one person was Alan Reynolds. And I didn't realize who that was at 19 years old. I do now. I was like, well, son of a bitch. I should have probably paid a little bit more attention. Yes. <laughs> but it goes by the thing you were saying before is if you work with people and you reciprocate and you actually help to help, then they'll help you out too. Because it is a business and that's what songwriters gotta understand. Yes, your baby and actually it worked for you because it didn't didn't work out for them. So you gotta kinda weigh your options. Mm -hmm. Are you really proud of this song? You know, do you want who do you in your mind, do you want to give it to an up and comer or you wanna hold out? I guess it kind of depends on where you're at in your career. Because if I'm I'm just walking into Nashville and that's the first song I have Okay, I'm gonna, I, I'll i take a chance and do that because it's going to get me another Doors. Yes.
1: And I have done that with Mama Knows. Mm-hmm. There is a uh, number one hit Canadian artist okay. who has now just started to impact the American charts. I did send him a copy of Mama Knows because he's a younger man. Yeah. And hopefully he will he'll grab it. But doing that, I would have to give some of my publishing away mm-hmm. uh, to the song plugger that I gave it to. said, so here, take this, give this a try. And
0: Do you use song pluggers? Do you recommend using song pluggers?
1: I don't directly. This person was like an indirect I gotcha. contact. I've never really used one, but there are some out there who will listen to your stuff. Again, I don't want to divulge their names, but yep. there, there are three of them that I know right off hand that, that are pretty good. One of them also has this pitch process that he does. It's like a speed pitch. Okay. So if you pay to go to the event, you get to sit in front of a different number of people that are listening. Sometimes it's up to eight or nine, and you get to play them three to five songs, and a lot of times you can cheat because if you know that your verse chorus is very well written, just do that because that's like a third or a half of a song. Okay. So you can get more, so you can do you know five, six, seven, eight, and this plugger is is pretty good, and he's got some. Hits for people out there.
0: I have to ask you later because because Keith told me about some and I can't remember the name. I remember the company name, but I can't remember the people's name. Mm-hmm. And he said you met him. I was like Keith, I meet so many people. I said I, I can't remember what I had for breakfast. And you want me to remember these people's yeah. names?
1: Yeah. I go in the other room. Can't remember what I went in there for. Oh,
0: I do that all the time. <laughs> I was like I got my ears like I know I was going to do something. Yeah. What was I doing? And then I can't and for life of me I can't remember it. It's like oh yeah. I'll, I'll figure it out later. I'll just forget about it.
1: And and when I do rounds. Like at Belcourt Taps, we Facebook Live that every Friday, 5 to 7 p.m. Central Time. I'm always, when I leave there, I'm always thinking, I forgot something. Mm -hmm. A cable, my camera, something. But I rarely forget something
0: (laughs) It had been so long because everything's closed down. Georgia opened up, mm-hmm. so we're starting to get more live music. Yep. And so I I hosted last month, uh, we did a showcase. Jeff Woods, one of the members of the Georgia group, and my band played up there at the Music on the Vine. And I was so busy plugging everybody else's stuff in, getting their sound going. I forgot to plug my guitar in. I probably played three songs with my guitar unplugged, but I had the band behind me, and then my guitarist, he goes, I can't hear you. I was, like, well, I was like, oh, shit. I was like, well, let me plug it in. Now you can hear me. <laughs> we'll just get another song okay. out of you. Rest what you want to play?
1: I have a habit of turning the volume down on my guitar. Oh, yep. And then I'll start playing, and my sound engineer sits way in the back, and Mr. Mike Scalia is the sound mm-hmm. engineer that I have for my radio show, and uh, I think he is the best live sound engineer in Nashville. He will do this, shrug his shoulders and put his hands out. <laughs> and one time we went through everything. We changed cables. We changed the battery in my phone. We did everything. And it was, I turned the volume down <laughs> on my
0: guitar. Now I have a tailor. Mine always seems to turn itself down for some reason. Uh, I don't know why. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so that's-
1: okay. Here's a, a song. I kind of pride myself. I'm the ambassador of the three-minute movie. So just about everything that I write, you can close your eyes and put yourself right there. And this song here is called Listen to the Corn Grow. And I'll play it, then I'll tell you about it.
2: Left here to find myself Only to find myself here Turning my truck up This dusty tractor path Along the stone wall Through the knee-high grass By that old farmhouse Grandpa built kits Hooked by flower gardens Has the smell of a fresh lawn It's where I grew up the edge of the field apart by that sign at crop bro
1: So, again, I write from the heart and the truth. That is a song about me going back to a town called North Edinburgh, Massachusetts, which is right on the Rhode Island, Massachusetts line about 30 miles south of Boston, to my grandfather's old place, which the golf course purchased, the cornfield. Mm-hmm. They purchased all the land, the farmhouse and the, and, and the field. But they subdivided the house out and resold that. But the cornfield, they turned into the back nine because it was a nine-hole golf course. Okay. They wanted to expand to 18 holes. But in doing that, some of the markers are still in the ground for the rows. Mm-hmm. A lot of people probably don't pay attention to that. But you drive by a cornfield out there, you'll see different indicators like the the style of corn I guess they call it or the brand or the okay. the variety. Yep. So you have the variety of the corn and a lot of times there will be a row number, batch number, whatever. So this has crop row 619 and I sit on this big giant rock that was left there in the glacier probably when I was a child. No. <laughs> a little bit before that. And I used to sit on that rock when I was a child underneath a hickory nut tree, but I call it a walnut tree, because that's what we used to call it. Mm-hmm. Um, but the the main tree, the big one, is not there anymore. It's, it's next generation is there. So I just pretend it's the one that's always been there. And I go back there, and I sit there, and even though I'm listening to golf carts and golfers and doing the Fred Flintstone <laughs> frickin' frack, <laughs> when they mess up um i can still hear that corn growing
0: see children of the corn movies f- freaked me out from cornfields i can't go around cornfields anymore that movie that movie scarred me as a kid uh, oh my lord uh, i cannot imagine living in a, around a cornfield mm-hmm. i would be, no not after seeing that movie
1: i've never seen it
0: oh don't, it will ruin Cornfield for you.
1: <laughs> ruin the song. Stephen King was is crazy. Oh, yeah. yeah, he is. <laughs> He's got imagination. I did meet Stephen and his wife, Tabitha. Oh, wow. Oh, man, this was probably, it was in the 90s. Um, I'd probably say 97, 98, 99, somewhere in there. Mm-hmm. He was thinking of buying the Red Sox at the time. He was doing a book reading at Southern Maine University. Mm-hmm. And he came into the sandwich shop that I was having lunch with a friend of mine. And he sat right at the table next to us. So not to germ him. Well, we said is hi. <laughs> okay. That was about it. And he, hi, Mr. King. And then he introduced uh, his wife, Tabitha, to us. Um... And then also, I see we're sitting out here, and I just absolutely love your fence. Raw iron style fence with the ornaments on top of each post. A friend of mine built a gate for Stephen King out of raw iron for his summer camp, which is not too far from my property in Maine, which I just sold, and I have to go up there in a couple weeks to clean everything out of there so
0: my uh, wife's father is uh from maine so we took a trip to maine about two years ago we drove up there in the summertime it was like june i think and we get up there it was like 70 degrees i'm like oh i'm so sorry it's so hot i was like hot this is like this is like morning time in georgia what are you talking about Yeah. so we actually went to stephen king's house and uh took pictures out in, yep. front of in it, bangor with yep. all
1: the gargoyles on the yep. fence lines yeah it was fun the kids it, It is cool.
0: I enjoyed Maine. It was nice. It was cool weather. It wasn't hot like here.
1: So what part is he? Or Um,
0: It was close to Portland.
1: Then that's where my property is. Oh, okay. It's like 30 miles west of Portland.
0: Yep, because I remember we went to the, uh, the lighthouses up there past Portland. I think there's another one. I can't remember the name of it now. But that's the first time I ever had a lobster BLT. And I'm telling you, it was the best. And I don't like lobster, but I love that stuff. Yeah. So he made, he caught like fresh lobsters we had for dinner there, but I don't think he cooked them long enough because I didn't like it. But I did like the, I did like the lobster BLT that we hit. Yep.
1: Lobster is a texture thing. Yeah. Yeah. And where I grew up in New England, I still don't do lobsters. <laughs> but I'll do all the shellfish, the, mm-hmm. the, the scallops and clams. and I love shrimp. Some fish, not all. Yeah, I'm actually
0: taking my son deep-sea fishing. We leave tomorrow to go deep-sea fishing. Awesome. So he's never been, and I haven't been since I was a kid, so mm-hmm. he's going to enjoy that.
1: So where are you going to leave from? Uh, we're leaving
0: from here, going to Panama City.
1: Panama City, okay.
0: Yeah. Hopefully everything's still open. Yes. <laughs>
1: <laughs> have y'all, uh,
0: Has stuff started opening back up in Nashville yet? Are they playing out? or?
1: It did. For about two months, we did not have a show on Friday. Mm-hmm. A lot of the venues were hurting. The owner of Belcourt Taps called me and said, we'd really like you to come back because we're moving into phase one. Yeah. So we started it. Phase one was we could have two people on stage. And I have a resident accompanist on stage with all the performers on my show at Belcourt. And that's Mr. Randy Barnett. Mm -hmm. He works for MC1 Sony. He's their guitarist and a staff writer, and he comes out, and he joins in, and he plays with everyone, helps everyone out. So it could only be him and one other person. So we we did that for a couple weeks. Then it went to phase two, and that lasted a couple days. It went to a modified phase two, and that was to allow for writer's rounds. So we started doing writer's rounds. And this week we are going to do a writer's round, but I heard that after tomorrow we're supposed to drop back to phase one. We're reverting to phase one. So I'm not sure what the rules are going to be right now. But a lot of the venues are just itching to open, and the public is just crying for music Mm -hmm. right now
0: good because maybe they'll appreciate the the artists that are going out playing yeah. that when you go play and you invite all these people and then one or two shows up it's like yeah. come on now
1: and i notice more in the tip
0: jar yeah
1: <laughs> <laughs> and not only the tip jar but the facebook live that mm-hmm. i have i notice an increase of views yeah it used to be eight nine hundred now we're 16 17 1800 on a view so.
0: that's cool yeah when i did um the the songwriter thing though i did the georgia versus tennessee songwriter i was wanting to do that with paul and actually go to like the the theater you guys the texas Troubadour. yes the and, and bring people up there in nashville one year and the next year bring it down to georgia mm-hmm. and back and forth and i had people reach out from texas from like arkansas from other states like oh well how do we get involved in this uh-huh. And i'm like well let me get through this one first and <laughs> i'll tell you but the the people in Asheville, like said, so we have stuff here if they want to come down and play like i said send them my way yep. uh, i talked to craig we're going to write me and him to write greg mm-hmm. Hendricks, he's a member i think of tsai too yes. um but if they want to play there's venues here playing for now i know uh for the one i do it's an outside venue so we do everything on a patio and everybody sits outside and awesome. they listen and i just i've got my pa system that i run everything for and they're welcome to play i mean especially even members of the of Nashville, if they want to come play some originals or yeah. if you want to come listen i mean it's just it's just a three-hour drive yes, down here so it's up if they want to drive or not
1: because yep. i played last week with ken Hendrix, uh mm-hmm. craig hendricks last week at monteagle the smokehouse okay and it was an awesome time and also with jason adams he hosted the round, and he also is one of the operators of WFMc.
0: Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I've been trying to get uh, riders rounds up there. I know I've been at the Commodore. Uh, I played at the Bluebird once, but I know the Bluebird has changed now. You got to call like the day of. And you got, I think it's like starts at eleven o'clock. Yes. You got an eleven to twelve window. Yes. And I called, I know a hundred times. It's like, oh, nobody's going to answer. Nobody, you know. And then at the one time they picked up the phone. Nobody said anything, and they hung up. It's like, no.
1: Oh no, <laughs> I'll never get through again. Uh, I have never attempted to, to do the bluebird. <laughs> I've been there, you know, half dozen times to watch yeah. other people.
0: I got to play. I missed. I, when I, I drove by the venue several times because bluebird is such a historic landmark. And you imagine it in your head if you've never been there. This this big venue. It's very easy to see. No. I yeah. drove by it three or four times. I called the venue from the parking lot of the of that strip, yep. not knowing I was in the right spot. <laughs> I was like, oh. I was like, yeah, we're right here. I was like, what? Yep. I'm looking for it. I was like, oh, there you are. Okay.
1: Mm-hmm. And there have been some venue closures in Nashville. Uh, most notably was Douglas Corner. Wow. They have been there forever. A lot of great people have passed through that stage, and Mm -hmm. they just couldn't make it.
0: A lot of, and there's a lot of, I know what I liked about your, um, yours yours is kind of an open mic, but you bring in writers, is you let them play. I know a lot of writers in Nashville got like one song and they're done. When you go to normal open, I don't like that. No. You know, it's hard to do, but Mm -hmm. I get it because Nashville is such a hub for great musicians and great songwriters. There's so many there. That's yeah, so I'm trying to get some trickle down here to Georgia. So mm-hmm. there's a lot here, too. But I, I wanted to. Do you have other venues that you suggest that people try to play at?
1: Well, you, you mentioned Texas Troubadour Theater. Once a month, we're supposed to start a show there. Okay. The capacity of Texas Troubadour Theater is 400 plus right. seating. Mm-hmm. So that's how many people can actually watch what's going on the stage. They have a fantastic green room or artist's room they have makeup chairs and hairstyling <laughs> chairs and uh, dressing rooms and all oh, kinds no, of i don't stuff have much hair styling i'll need yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah so the texas troubadour theater which we were supposed to do once a month the artist showcase that i held at TSAI in the office was supposed to grow into the troubadour okay which it still will When everything opens up. Right. The other venue is Music City Bar and Grill. Okay. I was supposed to start there Monday evenings, 6 to 9, and host Writers' Rounds with the understanding that Tennessee Songwriter Association International people, no matter where they're from, If they're in town, they're picked first to play because we're in the same uh, development. Yeah. Yeah. So, and we rent an office from Texas Troubadour and also from Mystic's studio. Okay. Mystic's studio is where we have our operational office where the CDs, the MP3s, the thumb drives, all that is stored
0: that's the same in that same shopping center Yeah, It's
1: right? in that yeah. same center yes okay
0: when i first yeah. came up there uh it tells you how long i had been to nashville is it was still ernest tubbs record shop yeah. Yeah. and i get was like that's not his shop anymore I was like, that's the bus i know that's yeah, the bus that's <laughs> yeah yeah
1: so and that tacky turtle i tacky believe up. has gone out of business also oh no yes the bus is still there you can look through the window and see it but everything has been removed uh that mall area every suite was filled mhm now it's probably half filled that's sad a lot of people have just gone under
0: yeah it's it's a hard time i mean my son uh works for the air force he's civilian but he he hadn't lost his job thank god he's he does it stuff but a lot of his buddies that do it they furloughed them wow they just there's nothing for them mhm and, and it's it's crazy times, and yep. that's why I said with music people, that's why they're itching. They, they want something positive. Yes. That, you know, so it's yep. for songwriters that are listening, write positive mm-hmm. stuff
1: too. <laughs> what I'm grateful for is the stock market rebounded.
0: <laughs> oh, my <laughs> wife got into to stock. She went and bought um, small stocks, but she bought like Royal Caribbean and Delta because it was so far down. Yes. And she has more than doubled her money just from – this, the cruise lines. the awesome. Caribbean. And they haven't even started doing cruises yet. Yeah. I said, well, yeah. we're supposed to go on a cruise in December, but I don't know if that's going to happen or not. Mm-hmm. So we'll see. I had
1: a good time, Russ. Yes, me too. This was awesome. Great out here. We're outside. People don't know this. Absolutely gorgeous day. It's not overly humid. Um, you're well shaded here, which is cool. Yep. And I love the smell of the fresh mowed grass.
0: Yep. Yeah, you, you came. time you came in the summertime, I do some up here in winter too. I'm building. like I said, all this is family on. I'm building. I'm gonna build a studio in my house. I'm, I got a four car garage. I'm splitting in half, and I'm gonna put the studio in there for the drums. I'm put like a little round table so we can sit in there and talk and do mm-hmm. shows too. Uh, but when it's really cold, I had I've had a band come up here and I had another a guest. Uh, his name is Aaron Richard, and it was so cold. We we're both sitting on our hands. <laughs> <laughs> shivering and shaking and I was like, Man, thank you for coming up
1: here, but it's cold, I'm done. <laughs> yeah.
0: So you came up at a good time. So yes,
1: it, it is. It's beautiful today.
0: And uh like I said I'll i have more I'd like to have more TSI members come down here if they want to. I'll yep. be more than happy because the what we're doing, if you guys like I said we talked a little bit about it earlier, is songwriting community, like I said there's two different versions of it. There's mm-hmm. the the really competitive people that don't want to help you and they just they, they come and they they play their song and they leave yes that doesn't work no you got to meet people and then you got mm-hmm. the other ones that are building relationships and starting to to build past now as a songwriter it doesn't matter how old you are you can write to, you, to you 90 you can write start off when you're 12 mm-hmm. it doesn't matter artists is a little different because they they like, said so they're looking for pretty pretty right <laughs> you know now I know there's not, there's not some pretty people that are playing Luke Combs, Chris Stapleton. They aren't pretty guys, but there are some really mm-hmm. strong voices. But yeah, for the most part, they're looking for pretty.
1: Yeah. So I hope we're we're pretty on the radio. <laughs> all
0: right. Just put my put my pretty check in the in the bank, and yes. that's all I care about. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, I always ask every guest that come up here they gotta have it, they have a hidden talent.
1: A hidden talent. A hidden talent. I am a lightning rod. Are you really? Yes.
0: You've been struck by lightning?
1: I've been struck by lightning. Wow.
0: Okay. How?
1: Three times.
0: Oh, my God. you like that guy in the movie The Great Outdoors. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> well, the first time, uh, all three of these times were with when I was married to my first wife. Oh. It's probably. I haven't been struck since.
0: Uh. <laughs> so maybe the <laughs> divorce worked out.
1: <laughs> um. Anyway, the first time I was building my house, I was like 20 years old. Uh-huh. I was putting in the insulation into the gable end of the house. A lot of people probably don't know what that is. That's like the attic wall. Yep. So the gable end. Well, back then, they used foil face insulation. Yes. I didn't know that I should have cleared all the trees a distance away from the house (laughs) so I left this one beautiful pine tree behind the house behind the back deck where I was going to build the back deck and I left it and it was the tallest tree around (laughs) for you know hundreds of feet and I had cathedral ceilings and it was all glass so lightning started and I just absolutely love storms so I came down about two rungs so i could peek out the glass and at the top of the gable so my head was at 16 feet the top of my head would have been 16 feet because there were 16 foot ceilings in that room and then the gable end was probably five feet taller so i came down to where my head would have been about where the ceiling was and that was the top of the window so I'm watching the storm. Don't you think lightning hits the tree behind the house? That static come right through, and I was tucking in some insulation above my head. It zapped me. It not, and I was on a wooden ladder, no metal other than the screws holding the rungs in. Knocked me off backwards. But it's a good thing I had such a great angle on that ladder uh-huh. that my left leg... Hit about the sixth rung up and jerked me backwards, And when I jerked backwards, my head was about three inches away from the floor, but it whiplashed me, and I was trying to tell my wife at the time, to unhook my leg, and I think it came out like, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> But she understood <laughs> because we had children. We had a child at the time. So she understood the baby talk. <laughs> so she flipped my leg through there and I flopped on the floor and I flopped like a fish for a little bit. And then I was okay. The second time was the following year. I was We had a second child and she was like three months old at the time. And I had put my son in the car and I put my daughter in the car seat, just buckled the car seat, turned around and it was raining, thunder, lightning. I was going to bring her to work. I took one step away from that car. And when I did, lightning hit the ground about 100 feet from me on the very edge of my lawn. It hit a tree and it hit the ground. And it wiped the tree out that was in the front yard. And it hit the ground. And it was like everything turned this beautiful greenish (laughs) color. Next thing I know... I'm being slapped in the face and and I'm sitting on the deck in the rain and it's my neighbor from across the street who was a nurse mm-hmm. that saw this. So she's slapping me and they, her and her husband dra- and my wife drag me in the house and I'm sitting there and they're hitting my face and you okay, we need to call the ambulance and I'm just like tasting metal in my mouth because of my fillings and and I'm like, blah, blah, again. <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, we don't know what you're saying. So I pointed to the car, and they still went, you don't need to go in the car. Well, my children were there in mm-hmm. the car. So the adrenaline got me up. And I'm like, the kids are in a car. <laughs> so that took me like three, four hours. I think I was watching Quincy or something later that night, and I snapped out of it. <laughs> but uh, And then the third time, I got home from work because I worked outdoors, and they called work. They said, no, 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 let's all go home. So I get home. I go into the house, because thunder and lightning, we had tornado issues, and this is in Maine, which is very rare, and we lived in this river valley. So I could see the storm following the river, and I go in the house like great i have cathedral ceilings at <laughs> both ends of my house and i can watch lightning through the windows you know so i get there there's my wife huddled up with my two kids in the dining room so i go over to give them a hug she said no you go stand over there <laughs>
2: I'm like what i'm in the house <laughs> she goes "No, go over there go over there i just got a bad feeling
1: so i walked over i went in the kitchen and I leaned down to look, angle myself to look out the window, up toward the mountain across the street, put my hand on the counter. Next thing I know, I heard crack, pop. And I'm on the floor. <laughs> and I could show it. Right there, there's a dot. <laughs> right? Yeah. It's faded now. It's on right his back, back of, a of his dot. ankle. What had happened is lightning hit the power pole outside. It danced the hundred feet to the house, blew every breaker in the box, came through the, well, what had happened is the electricity went through me and then grounded through me because I had my hand on the sink. And in the (laughs) old days, you grounded your electrical panel to your plumbing because you used copper. And it went, in my right leg, up my right side, out my right hand and a guy was on the floor bouncing like <laughs> like a fish again. And my wife called my neighbor and the neighbor come over and they called the rescue people and they came over and they went, Well Again? We, sh- <laughs> we should take you to the hospital. It's like I ain't going. So I'm a lightning rod. That's my uh so the advice for people, if you're near
0: Russ and it's lightning, get away. Yes,
1: yes. <laughs> Stick me in my car and tell me to sit there.
0: All right. Uh, I had a good time, Russ. <laughs> me That's too. That's a funny story. This um, is cool. I'm going to let you go live this time for your last song if you want. Okay. Um, so feel, f- feel free to tell everybody uh, where they can find you, all okay. of your social media, anything you do, like I said uh all that stuff so i mean i've had i've had a good time i'm thank you for coming up here
1: oh you're welcome thank you for letting me be
0: here oh no problem i know that uh if you guys don't know he came from nashville Yeah. so he had a three-hour drive i would say you've came the farthest but we had a guy came from villarica up here or not Villa Valdelia. i keep saying villarica sorry Aaron. Valdelia. so his was a little bit longer and he mm. came in a rain and i'm like i can't send him away because it's raining no. so we'll go inside and do it but uh, so, you got a great day. Yep. So it's, it's, thank you again for coming. Oh, thank you. Uh,
1: so I'll give you your choice. Okay. Absolute Bloody Mary Morning mm-hmm. or Tender?
0: We've talked about Tender. I'd like to hear the other one, but we've talked about Tender. Absolute
1: it's Bloody Mary Morning.
0: So let me go live here, and then we will feel free to do your thing. I'm going to get these headphones on me so I can
1: adjust your sound when I need to. <laughs> cool. All right. Uh, I'll turn the volume up again.
0: Oh, yeah. We might want to do that. Yep. Okay. All right. Here we go. Let me go live. Create a post. Go live. I'm getting used to this stuff here. So, uh, guys, don't know what I'm doing. Uh, for those that are listening, is I am starting a live video. We always do live videos of anybody who comes up to the podcast, their last song. Um that way they can identify whoever they want, plug anything they got going on. Uh, I know a lot of guys here that are listening are from Georgia. But if you get to Nashville and you need to see Russ, if you play, go definitely see Russ at Belcourt because uh, all, it's funny, the only time I ever won a songwriting competition was up in Nashville. It's the craziest damn thing. Every time I play here, it's like, nope, you're good. It's like, I'll go to Nashville and I'll win. Like, Isn't Nashville supposed to be the hardest place to it's, win? It's supposed to be. <laughs> so, ah, yeah. right, here we go. All right, everybody, welcome once again to the Georgia Songbirds We are here with Mr. Russ LaCasse He is from Nashville, Tennessee Drove down to see me today Go
1: ahead Russ So I'm Russ LaCasse I am a show host in Nashville, Tennessee Also singer-songwriter You can find me on Facebook At Russ LaCasse You can find me on Instagram At Russ LaCasse Also, I have another site called A Songwriter's Life which is on Instagram right now. It's a uh, going to be a reality show on Nashville Country Television, and it's all about songwriters, it's, uh, past and present, and we're going to have a lot of fun on that show. So right now, I'll do a song called "Absolute Bloody Mary Morning," and with all the events that have been going on, I hope this did not happen to anybody that's listening. <laughs>
2: lift my head from your pillow and I struggle to open my eyes Daylight reaches the window pane It's slowly piercing the blinds It's gonna be an absolute a merry morning and an amaretto sour afternoon I found the pleasure in holding this bottle was easier than reaching out for you what the hell just happened It's cold on your side of the bed Did I go and throw away all we held dear With words I won't remember I said It's gonna be an absolute bloody merry morning And then I'm a riddle sour afternoon I found the pleasure in holding this bottle Was easier than reaching out for you We planned those dreams we were thinking I miss those days when we made love. When well, I had too much, you've had enough, and I can't say it didn't come without a warning. It's gonna be an absolute bloody merry morning. Amaretto sour afternoon I found the pleasure In holding this bottle Was easier than reaching out For you Oh, it's gonna be Gonna be Oh, gonna be Yes, it's gonna be an Absolute bloody merry morning. Tell
0: them where they can find you one more time, Russ. <laughs> Tell them all where they can find you.
1: Thank you. Tell where to find me Facebook and Instagram. Russ Lacasse. It's one word on both, I believe. Uh, well, thank you again, Russ, for coming on. Oh, thank you.
0: This is great. No, everybody, that was a Georgia songbirds.
2: you take a sip of wine your hands curled up in mine you reach up let your head loose shake your head we tumble down see desire in your eyes and your heart's racing with mine and i love